So Caleb comes to me this morning and he said, Dad, it's some kind of special day. But I just can't remember what it is. <laughs> so he says, I wonder if it's Cinco de Mayo. I said, no, it's not Cinco de Mayo. Is it Mother's Day today? No, son, it's not Mother's Day. He goes, I'll figure it out later. Just give me a little time. <clears throat> you know, anytime we celebrate Mother's Day or Father's Day, there are the emotions that can just run awry, aren't there? There are the emotions that sometimes are made up of, of laughter and giggles and safety and comfort. Um, but then there are sometimes the emotions that are made up of pain and sorrow and suffering and sometimes even um, abuse. And how much of that plays into things that we've personally experienced. Um, today I thought what it, it would be really neat for us to, to have a discussion amongst us and as we, as we focus on God's Word, but the focus would be, and, and, I, and I wrote something down because I, I, I thought it was really good. I don't know of a father or man in this room that's perfect. If you are, would you please come up here and stand and take this and take the lead. I don't know of any man in here that's perfect. And so sort of the goal today is this. This is the prayer, better today than yesterday and better tomorrow than today. When, when we leave here today, that this would be our focus, that better today than yesterday and a better man tomorrow than today. That would be the goal. And so I thought it would be really interesting if we were to take some, some guys, um, some dads and some yet-to-be dads, some grandfathers, and to have a little bit of discussion about life in general, what their past was like, to let you a little bit into to our lives, and then talk about what are some of the, what are some of the things that, that culture, culture says is important in reference to the role of a father or a man, and then also what are some, some of the things that we believe the Bible teaches that are really important in reference to the roles of a father and man. And at the end, um, after our discussion, for us to have a time of prayer for our men, I thought that would be really good for us today. Instead of telling you all the things that you need to know and probably you've already heard in the past to let you into some of the lives of, of, of guys that'll tell you we don't have it all together, that we're not there yet, but my goal is better, better uh, today than yesterday and better tomorrow than today because that's really what we want to be is we want to be taking steps, moving ahead in our relation not only with God, but being the men that God so designed us to be. Because if we're the men that God designed us to be, we'll carry out those things that God's called us to carry out. Um, so I want to invite some, some guys to the platform with me that we can have this discussion this morning. Brian's going to come up. I want to ask Jim Frazier, Alex Selman, and also Mark DeShane to come up. And um, we want to we take a little bit of time this morning and... And we'll participate together. Oh, they were? <laughs> so.
Some guys were like going, man, I'm glad he didn't call my name. I'd already talked to these guys prior to. <laughs> so, so anyway. Some you may know, some you may not, you may not know. Mark, don't you dare sit in my chair. What are you doing that for? What are you doing that for, man? I didn't. Jim, why don't you start out and tell them um, a little bit about yourself. You guys are crowding me now. Let's like a little, a little, like a you so we can look at each other, okay? You who? You who? You who? Jim, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Now, you want to be, you want to lose that, that connection with that part of the audience over there, so. So anyway, tell us a little about your about your about your family, um, because you're a you're a husband and you're also a dad of three. Yep. Well, uh, since it is Father's Day, I'll start uh, with my dad. Uh, my dad, uh, I often describe him as uh, he was my best friend. We did lots of stuff together as I was growing up. It was. Uh, some of the best times I remember were working out in the garage, pulling an engine out of a car, or working on uh, some van or some project. Uh, he always had a, some work for me to do. I, that was one of the things I, I guess I, I learned most from my dad was uh, a work ethic, that it's important to um, make your own way to provide for uh, your family. Um, but I, I, we'll probably get into dads a little more yet, but uh, I'm a father of uh, three kids, three great children um, that I've been blessed with and held, have the responsibility of raising them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, my oldest son is Josh, my middle son is Nathaniel, and a daughter, Rachel. They are all adult children now. Uh, living in uh, various parts of Florida, and uh, Rachel's now in Tennessee. And I have one granddaughter, which is, uh, I've said it more than a couple times now, that I think uh, being a grandparent is uh, probably the best stage of life right now. You know, I've, I've been a son, I've been a dad, and now I'm a grandfather, and well, I'll tell you, it is great. <laughs> it is awesome to watch that little girl grow up and uh, just see the excitement of life in her. Huh. Mark, what about you? Yeah. Oh, you got one. You got his own little Mikey phone. And I'm going to stay seated because usually when I'm talking, I'm up walking I around. Um, my father, if I honor him this morning as being a father as, as priest and provider and protector. I remember being a young guy in a Catholic church and not really understanding everything that was going around, but looking at the stations of the cross and looking at the crucified Lord Jesus up there. And even at a very young age, knowing the impact of, of what really that means, even not understanding it. And, and so I appreciate that. And I'm a father. You may have heard my little six-year-old praising the Lord and belting it out over there during the worship. And then my daughter, Hannah, and then Benjamin, who's going to camp that was up here earlier. That's good. That's good. Alex? Well, this one's a bit of a trick for me, to be honest. Um, I've raised in a Christian home. Uh, 
not a lifelong example from my father, however. Um, current situations at this point, my, my parents have divorced, they've split. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, at the end of this month, my dad is now getting married again, and they just divorced a few months ago. So doesn't, he doesn't set himself up to be the greatest example. There are some areas in his life he definitely excelled, however. Um, one was work ethic. It seemed to be a very consistent theme. and um, One thing he was always capable of doing was providing finances. Um, unfortunately, our relationship throughout the years has been very distant. Um, not a lot of life lessons come from him. I think I make a better candidate for Mother's Day as I was a mama's boy more than anything. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I do love them. I do struggle with that relationship at this point. And I won't, I cannot deny that uh, family is being redefined daily for me at this point, so. And this is real, this is real raw. And it was good to have Alex up here today because Alex is, Alex is not a father yet, he's a husband. But that's the prayer that down the line that God will bless you with children. He's just at that stage of in school and, and everything. But, but in our conversations, I knew that, that, that there was some tenderness to what was going on because of things that you've been experiencing as of late. And, um, and in the sovereignty of God, in the sovereignty of God to help realize that even in that situation that God is in, in control, and God is in control. Brian, what about you? Raised in a pastor's home. I was. Ooh. I am. And it's true, they say, you know, the pastor's kids are the worst kids. <laughs> Although my kids so far are pretty good. So, but uh, my, my dad, many of you have had a chance to meet my dad. He's preached here more than one time before. I, I, my memories of him are, are good memories. I, um, I remember him very often in his office, uh, whether at home or at the church, studying God's word. I know that if I ever need to know where is that verse found, I just text my dad now, and he shoots it back within a few seconds. You know, I always, I'm not going to even bother with Google because he's faster than Google, so <laughs> he'll he'll know. And uh, and he was a he was a great father. He was um, loved my brother and I, and always was supportive of us. And I think as now that I have two kids, my my kids are young, um, eight and six, so. You know, I, I think very often I think about, you know, my dad was very gentle as a father, I think. I think sometimes that I tend to not be so gentle. And so I'm reminded often by Brooke that I should be more gentle. Um, but but I, I know what that means because I had a really good example um, from my father and how to be like that. And so I think that's, that's what I remember about him. Yeah. The He's not dead. I mean, I still remember. I said, <laughs> it sounded like he was dead when I said that. He's not dead. not dead. I've already talked to him this morning. I know. <clears throat> and I talked to my dad this morning. He said, can you say that one more time? I'm having a hard time hearing you. And so uh, I was raised in a Christian home. And from the earliest of, of memories, I have memories dating back years and years. When I was a little child, when they would do the reenacts, the reenactment, reenactments of, of Jesus' crucifixion on the beach up in Jacksonville, and my dad would be a, a part of that, and, um, and so, was was raised in the in in a home where, 
where many nights I would see my dad reading a Bible. We didn't talk about the Lord an awful lot, but you didn't talk an awful lot about love. My dad was from a generation you knew that they loved you, but it wasn't always shared. Are you with me? Some of you guys maybe understand that. There wasn't always the, the affection. There wasn't always the words of affirmation, but you knew that you were loved. I can't remember a ball game that I, that I had that my dad wasn't there. There would be empty stands, and there would be my dad and one other guy that he would always take with him to a ball game. Randy, I know that you know exactly what I'm talking about. So there wasn't necessarily that show of affection, or, um, um, but you knew that there was a deep, deep love. And going back to my dad's dad, my, my grandfather, when you, when you looked at what they experienced, what that family experienced growing up, my grandfather was never at home because he was always off working because he had to provide for the family. And so he would usually leave. He worked with Union Camp. So many times he would leave on Monday and grandma and the five children would take care of everything. And then he would come back on Friday from cruising timber. He'd be gone to some other part of the, the southeast cruising timber. And so... so um, so I go back and I look. There are so many great memories that I have as a child. I would never go back and replace anything. People talk about your childhood. I had the best childhood because I always, I, 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 knew, that my, I knew there was a, a place of safety and I knew there was a place of comfort, but I also knew that I was deeply loved. I don't know if we can really say that within all of our homes these days because the home isn't the place of safety that it used to, to be. Jim, what about you? Was your home, did you feel like your home was a safe place? Oh yeah, I had a great childhood. Uh, but one of the things that I'd like to take off on, one of the things you brought to my mind was my grandparents. Um, there was a lot of uh, peace and uh, opportunity for growth in my home, but there was also a lot of, uh, a lot of turmoil. My mom was very sick most of my childhood hmm. and uh, was often taken to my grandparents' house with my sister. Uh, to stay, and um, my grandmother was uh, a very godly person. Every night before we went to bed, we'd uh, sit around her rocking chair, and she'd open up her her Bible, pages tattered, coming out of the Bible, uh, and we'd look at the pictures that were drawn in there, and she'd read us a story from the Bible, Moses, as the one I remember most because the picture was such graphic of the pharaoh going into the river and being covered by the river and, and uh, then going to church with my grandmother. And then later in my life, uh, I came to live with my grandmother and grandfather um, in Florida here. And it was really because of uh, my grandfather that I gave my life to Christ. Hmm. Uh, so for all you grandpas out there, it's not too late to have an impact on, on little ones. I mean, it, my, my grandparents were probably more of a role model than my, than my parents. Um, as I said, my dad was a very uh, hard work, uh, he, he worked three jobs so that I could go to college. Hmm. Um, but, and he was, uh, he was a believer in Christ, he followed Christ, but he was uh, the kind of guy that uh, would be said that he didn't wear his faith on his sleeve. It was more of his, in his actions that you saw his faith. Um, we didn't often talk about things of God, only when, uh, you know, things were really tough. Hmm. 
but uh, grandparents, you got a chance still. Oh yeah, I, I, I go back in my great grandparents. I have one side that that um, was in in ministry, but it was it it was different um, because there was a lot of Southern traditions that was involved in the religious practices and not necessarily what I would consider to be Christian practices or God's practices. And so there were times when I was, when I was influenced by racism. Are you with me? There were times that I was influenced by, by, by their personal preferences instead of maybe what God's word had to say. On the other hand, I had a, had a, a grandfather who had accepted the Lord early on in life, but was baptized when he was 70, maybe 70, 71 years old, because he felt like it was time that he demonstrate his faith to his family and had a tremendous impact. Um, Mark, what about you and, and, and your dad? I know that you talked about the being raised in, a, in, a, in, in the church, a Catholic church growing up. Did you feel like your dad had a, a spiritual impact? Was the word talked about um, in your daily walk, in your, in, in your growing up? Was that part of that? The uh, question you asked to Jim about safety, I was giggling inside in that uh, my dad had a very good job, mm -hmm. but he was also in the Marines and was in Vietnam way before it was an official. Uh, involvement. Matter of fact, he was a, a a soldier without uniform attached to a CIA unit, and so a lot of things went on there. He stayed in the military and became a command sergeant major and was a drill instructor for 20 years. So you guys that deal with me, now you know where I get it. <laughs> so I don't mind telling people what to do. Except your wife. I don't tell her anything, no. That's right. <laughs> She's so cute, though. <laughs> That's a way to overcome that. Uh, although, now with that, and, and a lot of and Catholics, there's not a lot of a demonstrative Christianity. I mean, it's very to the vest. And so, you know, that certainly was a part of our home. Mm -hmm. And after a certain age, after confirmation, baptism, communion, we, we actually drifted away. I didn't come back to know the Lord till much later. That's right. It was, it was really later, like in your 30s, am I right? It, as I always joke, the Lord Jesus Christ was ready to go back to heaven at 33, and that's when God thought I was ready to get saved. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there's a passage of Scripture in, in Psalms, Psalms 112, 1 and 2, and this is what the psalmist wrote. He said, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the Lord. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Um, what are some cultural roles that you think, that you feel like, uh, Alex, that culture says these are important roles of, of a father or, or of a man? What are, what are some of the cultural roles that you feel like culture says these are important for a man to uphold? What are some of those things? Uh, just thinking about that, I just have this overwhelming burden of expectations heaped upon my shoulders. Uh, 
uh, man, being perfect, <laughs> simply put, uh, expectations being a working class father, providing financially for my family, um, being able to teach my kid how to catch, uh, some, some of the simple, very uh, basic father stuff. I feel like that's a very difficult question to answer because culturally we have not set up high expectations for our fathers. Um, about every corner you turn, fathers are on the low end of the pedestal in the family, I think. Hmm. Um, too many, many cartoons and sitcoms now put the father somewhere above sloth and, I don't know, between a couch potato somewhere. You know, they don't, they don't do much. They don't interact with their family much. And unfortunately, I feel many fathers follow suit. Um, and I think those are the expectations that have been set by society. Um, subculture, via church, um, we have higher standards for our families. Um, but because of culture's um, standards and church's standards and some of our, pa our past standards from our families, uh, we, <clears throat> dare I say, we don't even end up in the middle. <laughs> uh, we're pretty confused. I know at least I am for some of the expectations that are awaiting me when I finally do become a father. Mm -hmm. what, are some, what are some of the other things, guys, that you think that are expectations or roles that culture says that fathers or men should play? Well, I, th I think, uh, you know, culture, Alex said it very well, you know, the, uh, the communications industry has uh, made fatherhood a joke. Uh, it ma has made parenthood a joke and that a family can be anything, you know, and be a group of, of uh, three people that are not related, but they call them a family. Uh, that, I think, is, uh, you know, but as far as the cultural pull, I think that, you know, we're, we're being pulled to being uh, more towards the world, to be hedonistic, to be living for today, to be, um, to have affairs, to have, uh, to not be faithful to one woman. Uh, th those are the things the culture That's is. just normal. Yeah, that's Everybody's doing it. Right. And believe it or not, the statistics inside the church and outside the church are really not any different, guys. I would just add that I, I think fathers are expected to fail. Almost, almost, uh, I feel sometimes women are just waiting for it because it's so normal in our society. Mark? At the men's gathering at Lake Yale, those that were here heard me say that men are extraordinarily important, as are women, and not discounting one over the other. I can speak to men, being that I understand that more. And uh, I said to the men, I wish that, uh, that your father would have understood as you are ordained to be part of the kingdom of God from, from the dawn of time, the, the magnificence of, of everything. I was struck as I was reading the book of Matthew that Jesus said, don't call anybody rabbi and don't call anybody master and don't call anybody father. And the reason for that, because there's such terms of honor. And as the book of Revelation says, we're to be kings and priests. And, and the role, 
is just so magnanimous and we have such great opportunities and so much relies on what we do that the position is just very important. So culture has is sort of lowered lowered the bar whereas Christianity should be raising the bar. So so what scripture has to say about the role of a father is 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 really big regardless of what we've taught in the past and in the past we I asked Caleb this morning, I said I said Caleb I said what do you, what do you think the number one role of a dad is and he goes oh to make sure we have something to eat dad. And, <laughs> You know, go figure. But uh, but anyway, I, I I think that that the discussion the discussions that we want to have is that if we're going to elevate the role, as Scripture says, elevate the role. What what does that look like, and how do we not point a finger and say you're not living up to that role? But how do we elevate the role and walk alongside brothers brothers in Christ to encourage one another in that? And so, Mark, you opened up the discussion, so why don't we open that up for just a little bit and say, what are some of the biblical roles that, that men or fathers are supposed, are supposed to, to play? So what are some of those roles? Well, like that verse that we read, you know, it said to, our role is to teach our children the ways of the Lord. And I remember... As we were preparing for this, I remembered I had a preach on family back in November. And as you're looking through the Bible and trying to see what are we supposed to do as, as parents, as fathers, that was the main thing. That was just that we would teach our children God's word, that we would teach them about Jesus. You know, I mean, I know there's going to be lots of other things we're going to do. Hopefully you teach your kid how to tie their shoes so they're not made fun of. And, and you teach them how to catch or, or how to do math and things like that that are important. But... But as far as God is concerned, what he said was, no, the main thing is that you just teach your children about me. Because if you don't do that and they get all through life succeeding in everything else, then you've really failed. And so I think for me, that's the main thing. You want to, you want to be having, and how do we encourage each other to do that? I don't know. But, you know, to, to surround yourself with other people that will help us walk through that. I don't always know the, the spiritual answer to some of the things that my family deals with. So I have a handful of people I can call and ask for help for that. But I want to be able to have those conversations in my home. I don't want it to be a home where we don't talk about our relationship with the Lord. I don't want it to be a private thing. Well, that's between you and God. One day you'll figure it out. No, it's my job that we that is out in the open and that it's a normal thing. Well, that's one of the, that's one of the farces or misnomers that's come from the church in the years past. My relationship with God is personal. Yeah, that's between me and God. I've heard that as my life growing up. Right. I heard a lot of people say that, and I don't think that's how God intended it to be at all. You know, we're, I've said before, you're a person of God because there first was a people of God. He intended for us to live together and to, to encourage one another and to sharpen one another and to lean on one another. All those one another's of the scripture that they talk about. You have to have other people around you. So the role of teacher, okay, what's another role of a father? man you sort of put that in there teacher is a is is also alongside of priest alex you were going to say something um, one seems very foreign to me but it's the one i see more passionately of all the roles and it's warrior um, we are to be we fight for a reason, whether it's our family, um, our faith, 
Um, but the core of that is having something that we believe fully in, that we want to share, be passionate about, um, and we want others to share. It, it's very foreign to me. My, my father was very passive, very passive, um, knows nothing of confrontation. Um, and at any point where confrontation came up, popped up, um, relationships in that area quickly dwindled um, out of, I don't know, whether it be embarrassment or um, fear of facing a truth. Uh, I wasn't entirely sure, but um, warrior, I think, really sets man apart from everyone else as a man. Um, how we fight says a lot about our character. What words we use says a lot about our character. Do we love? Is it possible to fight in love? Um, is it, <laughs> do we have something worth fighting for oftentimes? Just seems to be the question that pops up often. What's something else, Mark? I want to get some brownie points at home right now. <laughs> you don't need a lot of brownie points, Mark. No, but I think it's a good thing. I guess it's a good thing. It's always a, make, make good <laughs> deposits in that bank. I have the best wife. Did I ever tell everybody that? <laughs> She's just really No way, wonderful. Mark. But I talked earlier and then talked about priest, provider, protector. But... The book of Ephesians, where we're to love our wife as Christ loved the church. What an example will be to our children if we can really do that. I'm not saying I do it. I'm working on it. Better but today. I got it. Better today. But if we can model that to our children, that we're loving our wives as Christ loved the church, and all that that encompasses, that that would be a huge thing right there so an example so as fathers or men of the lord one of the roles that we play is the is the role of example paul said to timothy you know imitate me you know have you seen me to imitate me in my life that's really tough because we all have struggles don't we aren't there some things you go no don't imitate me yeah don't don't follow my example what's a what's another role that we see in scripture so we've talked about example, we've talked about teacher, we've talked about warrior, um, what are priest, what's another one? Any, any more that, you, that comes to your mind? Well, I think Mark stole my thunder there, but so it's okay. I, as do I. Um, I think, um, you know, we are called as Christians, both men and women, to be light and salt of the earth to uh, show, 1 Peter uh, 2.9 says that we are called out a separate people, a royal priesthood, um, a peculiar people. Then it, but the most important part of that is so that we can show the wonderful love of God. That's why God called us out of the world, was so that we can show everybody else what a great God we've got. He delivered us from darkness into light so that we can show uh, the world. And I think that world starts with our kids. Well, and, and that goes back to the issue of procreation. It's not just about having children, but if it's, it's about having children with the responsibility of raising the next generation of faith believers. And it, and I think if we were to ask ourselves, really, what is our goal as men, how many of us would say, 
Um, it may be a, a boat, it may be another car, it may be a, you know, we're working more to try to attain something, whereas Scripture says the most important role that we have in reference to our children is raising that next generation of faith believers, imparting our being an example of Christ so that they will not only just go to church, but they'll live for, they'll live for the Lord. And so many times that's probably an area that we struggle with the most. We lose sight of that from time to time. Well, you know, if you want your kids to grow up loving other people with Jesus' love, you know, I think sometimes it's easy for us to, to try to bring them to church and hope that they get that as they grow up. But the fact is they're going to have to learn that from us. They're going to have to see that example set for them. We, as uncomfortable as it may be, have to love our enemies. We, as uncomfortable as it may be, have to go into a place where um, we're outside of our comfort zone and serve and, and be on mission for, for God's kingdom and, and take our children along with us so that they see that example. You know, one of the greatest things I think every year we used to grow up, uh, my dad was the pastor, so he was in charge, but he always planned a mission trip that we could take kids with us, that, he, that they could take the kids with us. And I know he did that. Not because he thought it was a cool idea, because he wanted to set that example. That he wanted the children of the families to go and see um, the parents setting that example, being on mission, humbling themselves, working in places that aren't as comfortable as home, um, loving the people that you don't have anything in common with, and sharing God's word with them, the hope that we have in Jesus. As we do those things and take our kids along with us, they'll grow up to do that. Because the natural bent isn't towards the things of the Lord. The natural bent is towards me and mine. It's towards selfishness. And so one of the ways that we teach our children is through back to, back to example. Let me ask this question as we, as we begin to wind down. As, as a man of God that I know that you guys, every one of you have a, a relationship with the Lord, what are some of the biggest struggles that you have as a man? Defining it, simply put, what is a man? <laughs> Without an example, it's very hard to define it. Well, that, that's an easy one for me. The Bible always warns about pride, which was just really overt self-involvement. And so I always joke, I am my absolute favorite person. You're mine too. Thank you. <laughs> And, and I say that to be self-effacing and, to, and to, to let people know. I think that a lot of us struggle with that. I just try to be really upfront. And honest. If we think about it, we think about ourselves a lot. And when we do that, then we're thinking less about God and others. That's right. And so I certainly struggle with that weakness. Hmm. And, uh, and I'd like my children to know that. I'd like other people to know that. And, of course, we all need to remember too that it's okay as men to let others know that that we're we're not as strong as we'd like to be and that we have moments of weakness and then we have to take that to the lord in prayer i think we can really fall short of not modeling prayer because we want to be strong and yet the word says that we're actually to take those petitions to our heavenly father yeah. and then he blesses that i think we need to teach that I, you know i i think i struggle an awful lot with consistency um, you know what I'm saying? You, you know, you can, you can have good things going off in spurts, but sometimes it's the consistency, the long term, because 
one of the things that I've learned early on is that things change so fast in seasons of life change so fast schedules change so fast and I'm like a pattern guy okay I get into like patterns and when patterns are broken then you got to figure it all out again you know the times the places and and I, I think one of the things that I struggle with the most is consistency in so many different areas and and I and I think as I talk to some of the guys that I talk to, I think that's a struggle for, for many of them. It's not the want to a lot of times, it's the how to and then the, the, the just making it happen, just, just doing it, just doing it. Jim, you were going to say something a while ago? Well, I, I think as far as the challenges of a father, challenges of a man today, um, Alex really got me uh, thinking about this, you know, I've thought about it before, but it really, to, to bring it out in conversation today was uh, to have those conversations with my children, with my wife, uh, that are of real substance, that are of the things of God, that are of the things of character, uh, and be what it means to be a man or a woman of God. Uh, I struggle with making sure that that happens in my family. And um, that's my often prayer, is that I will major on the things that are important and not get caught up in the busyness of life, of paying the bills and going grocery shopping and taking care of the yard and all the things that can just tear your life away, away from things that are uh, really important, the treasures of heaven. I think the, the key to that is that all those things we have to do, you know, we're going to do the yard, we're going to, to take care of our house and, and pay the bills and all those things and work. And so how do you, all the stuff we're talking about and about making sure that you're teaching your children the word of God, how do you make that be the first priority? Because if it's not, it will every time get left behind. There's no way it can't because our days are crazy full. I mean, and you talk about the schedules changing. I mean, the older your kids get, the more stuff they want to do. Um, and and, it, and if, if it's not, if it doesn't begin with that, then it, it gets left behind for me every time. You know, I don't have that conversation because it wasn't the most important thing that day. But if it is, we can start our day with that. Um, and for me... Well, I think you bring up a really good point, too, though, as far as, you know, Deuteronomy tells us to, walk, as we walk in life, as we walk down the road, mm -hmm. to talk about these things. So, yeah, you're right. You, you can't not pay the bills. You can't not mow the grass. You can't not fix your car when it's broken. Uh, but... When you're doing that, you can be talking about and showing them the love of Christ uh, while you're doing it. Yeah, we know that Jesus did some pretty big sermons, but I think most of his time spent with the disciples teaching was just in the normal days, yeah. you know, the, the, around the meals or walking from town to town or whatever. For me, the biggest struggle is selfishness. It's because there's lots of things that I want or ways that I think I should spend, get to spend my time and, you know, I know that when you get married, you kind of start to realize how selfish you are. Because when you're by yourself, it doesn't matter. No one cares what you do. And then you have kids, and you learn you're even more selfish because now you're sharing your time not just for yourself and your wife, but then with the kids. And, uh, and, and it's easy for me to um, 
feel like I deserve to do this with my time or this with my money or this with that, and, it, and it's easy for that to come out is that selfishness. And that'll probably be, the, that'll probably be a struggle that, that most of us deal with. And, and as we close, um, you know, we, we make so many deposits in so many various banks. Um, we talk about currency. But how do, we, how do we make an investment that is eternal, something that's lasting? You know, a lot of times we, we talk about the purchase of something that's new. But how many times do we, do we have conversations in our homes about the use of the resources that God has blessed us with so that they can have a spiritual impact in the lives of our children? You know, Brian, Brian was, we were talking the other day. He goes, man, this sending kids to camp, this is expensive. And I said, yeah. I said, I, I know exactly what it was because four of, we paid for four last year to go to camp. I almost, I almost had a cow. And, uh, you know, at one time. But, but you know what? That is a, that's an investment. That's an eternal investment. And, you know, Caleb and Anna had the opportunity to go last week, and Abby goes this week, and then we're, she and I are headed to Nicaragua in July. But, and those are expenditures, but I think those are eternal ex expenditures. That's not just like going on a vacation someplace, because most of us go on vacations and we never talk about the Lord. Those are, I see those as eternal investments, and I'm not saying that, that you can't, because you can, but... But you don't have to go away to talk about the things of the Lord. We don't, Abby and I don't have to go to Nicaragua to, to go on mission. We can do, we're on mission here. But I think that sometimes we need to think along the lines of investment, eternal investment, and realize that just as we would spend money to buy something, to acquire something, how are we using the resources so that it's an eternal investment, something that leaves a mark? Because Brian said it earlier, how many people here, have made decisions for the Lord at camp. If you're here and you made a decision for the Lord at camp, at a, at a Christian camp, would you raise your hand? Yeah. And lots of people, lots of people. And so, uh, and some of you may, may not have children to send to camp, but some of you have paid for children to go to camp. We have some of our kids that can't afford to go to camp, and you guys have said, hey, I have people to say, listen, we want to sponsor a kid to go to camp. That's a major investment. But I thought it'd be good for us today as, as we had this discussion, number one, to remind ourselves that we're not perfect, that we're in this thing, that, we're, that we all are in a growing process. And the second thing was to remember that thought, that prayer, better today than yesterday and better tomorrow than today. That that's what we want, that should be a goal for us, that even though I'm not there, my goal should be, I want to be better today, I want to be God's man better today than yesterday and better tomorrow than today. Um, any, any you, know, you know, Sydney. What, that brings up one of my favorite verses, that, and I don't, I'm not sure I can pull out the, the, the reference, but it's Paul saying, you know, I count not myself to apprehended it, but this one thing I do, I press forward to the high mark that is the calling of Jesus Christ. Philippians, Philippians yeah. 3.14, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, it's along the same line of, the, you know, I'm, I'm better today than I was yesterday. Yep. You know, I, and if, if, if Paul, the guy that wrote most of the New Testament, can say, I haven't quite yet apprehended it. I haven't quite gotten there yet, but this one thing I'm going to do, then I think that's, that's, that gives me hope. Yeah, and, and ladies, I think one of the things that the last thing that a man needs to hear is that you'd have nag him to death about how he's not doing his job.
I'm just looking. I'm just, it's funny. I'm just looking at the faces of the guys like going, hey, man. <laughs> the last thing we need to know is from you is that, you know, that I just want you to know you ain't doing your job. You get a whole lot more by petting the dog than by bopping him, okay? Does that make sense? And that's such a good doggy. You know, you're such a good doggy, Woggy. You get a whole lot more done by encouragement than by you do beating him to death. I got people wanting to raise their hand and give a testimony on that one. <laughs> but listen, I'm, I'm serious about that. I mean, I don't know of anybody that's perfect. You get a whole lot more done down on your knees than you do beating them to death. And so think about that. And if we're going to be a group of people, a collection of people, that we're going to move towards being who God's called us to be, that if we're going to be a, a prophet, a priest, a, a warrior, if we're going to be a provider and a protector, if we're going to be all those things, a teacher, an example, that maybe God's designed for us to be, uh, it takes work and it takes an awful lot of grace and an awful lot of love. Forgiveness and forgiveness and time and peace and patience and all those other things. But that's the family. That's the family. And if I may. Yeah. Um, that's definitely something that is on my heart, forgiveness end of it. Um, I, I, I speak to those who feel they don't have a father figure. Don't believe that lie, first and foremost. You may not have been raised with the, the candidate father, the uh, trophy father, uh, but there are examples. <laughs> I'm surrounded by them right now. I've been raised by several of them, been given great advice. All it took was for me to listen um, and then weigh it against the word, and the word ultimately leading me um, to the image of what a true father ought to look like. So for those of you who don't feel like you have a father figure, um, or was raised without one, mom was the only one in your life, um, there is definitely plenty to pull from and don't give up because you can be the father you want to be and you desire to be. I believe that with all my heart, mm -hmm. and I'm still striving for that goal. <laughs> That's good. That's a good way. You know, I, I thought it would be good for us to close. Um, better today, um, better tomorrow than today. And, and let's just finish with that. I, I don't know where you're headed, but for us to have a chance to pray over you and to pray for you. Um, because if we're going to make a difference and if we're going to truly leave a legacy of faith, it's going to require us working together and encouraging one another. Um, and that's really what we need. We don't need to just tell you what you needs to be done. We need to encourage one another in that. And so, so as we close today... Um, I thought if uh, maybe I'd be able to ask uh, somebody to come up here and pray. Bob Paget, I wanted you to come, if you would, and, and maybe pray over our men uh, today. Um, Bob is a, uh, Bob is a, is a husband. He is a father. He is a grandfather and, and is a, has been a very godly example. And, Bob, I thought it would be neat if, if you would pray over us today that, that we as, as would be men of God and that we would not be afraid. We would not be afraid, but we would be encouraged um, to take up those roles. Um, and for those that are even maybe that are dealing with issues that we're unaware of, because just as Alex has said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of us in this room that have struggled because of past examples or maybe we've even made mistakes.
Um, there's hope. There's hope. But not because of our abilities or our talents, but there's hope because of Christ in us. When we're able to surrender, we're, at, we're able to humble ourselves and say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. So as we close today, um, Brother Bob, would you pray for us as men that, that, uh, that we would be the men that God's called us to be, husbands and fathers, and uh, that we would be the examples? Would you do that today? Our Heavenly Father, we just come, Lord, leaning on you, asking for your help in this role that you've given us as men, that we might be the person that you'd like us to be. Lord, we thank you for the opportunities of children, of lives to be molded for you. Lord, we just pray that we'll learn how to lean on you. We know by the scriptures, Lord, that as the storms come and the waters rise, which they always do, that you're there. You will, you will help keep us where we need to be if we lean on you and depend on you. Lord, we thank you for our families. Lord, we thank you for the next generations that are coming. Lord, we pray that our example might be so, so good, so strong that words won't say as much as our lives will say. Lord, again, we thank you for a place where families are important. We thank you for pastors that care. Lord, we pray that as we try to impact this world that you will keep us in our place, that you will teach us how to lean on you, that you will direct us. Lord, we pray as we leave now that you'll just go with us during this day. Lord, even through the rest of our lives, that every day and every moment might be lived for you. And people might know that we're Christian by our love for each other. Lord, we thank you again for all you do. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.